right, everyone. Well, welcome to another episode of Four Layer Takes. Tonight, we will be reviewing Lovecraft Country, episode five. So we're at the midway point, strange case. And I would agree, this is a strange case. <laughs> it's good, though. It's good. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, me, me. Your girl, Mel. It's your boy Marcus, a.k.a. Addie Mae Collins, Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robertson, Carol Robertson, and uh, Carol Denise McNair. They are the four victims of the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing, which took place 57 years ago today. Um, uh, again, four young girls that are like the victims of the victims of white supremacy. And like I always say, you can set your clock by it. It's really what this country is built off of is white supremacy. And it's unfortunate that these four girls were victims of that but um that memory lives on may they rest in power yes yes white terrorism all day every day and it continues today and it continues today um and before we get going i also want to bring up uh in this episode they also reference um in the first in the first scene uh cicero um on tv as william is you know doing whatever with um with Hillary slash whoever. So they, they just say it really quickly. They make a quick reference in the Cicero race riots happened in 1951, where a black family moved into a white kind of apartment building. Um, and it was uh, uh, the gentleman that the husband's name was um, Harvey E. Clark Jr. He was a World War II veteran as well as a Fisk University graduate. He and his family moved in and basically for um, uh, 4,000 white people basically just ascended on this apartment building, ascended on them and uh, tried to burn it down. They harassed them. He got, you know, taken away by the police. So that was the Cicero riots in the Cicero neighborhood um, uh, near Chicago, Illinois. So that was something that was mentioned um, that was on TV that was playing uh, during that first scene. So just another example, con constant examples of white terrorism that uh, we as blacks and black people and brown people deal with um, every day. Yes. But I, di I didn't want to forget that because that is important. And it was so fast in the episode. I wrote it down and then I listened to another recap and the person that recapped it called um, Huge Spoiler, Heavy Spoilers on YouTube. He mentioned it again. He was like, he didn't tell me what it was. He was like, do the research. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know about Cicero uh, race riots. I, di I didn't even know about it. And my people are from uh, Chicago and Illinois. And Illinois. Mm. So. There are so many black massacres like that that we just don't know about. I, like, I posted it today. Yeah. Uh, just in random, I was kind of like, every, every, every time someone says, oh, we don't need to vote, we just need to build our own and we need, just need to invest in ourselves. And I was like, yes, we do. But also, here are all these examples of us doing that throughout history and they just yeah. kept massacred us. So it's not enough to just do that. You gotta, yeah. you gotta do it all. So yeah. You know what? Shout out to did y'all are y'all following the news of uh the black families that purchased the plot of land here in, in Georgia? Georgia? Yeah. For the 97 black families. I was like, that is so cool. I may have to give them some folding monies. Not the folding money, the folding. Yeah. Money. Yeah, I won't give them the jingly of my nieces say Auntie Mel, we don't want the jingly money. We want the folding money. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say, give me the flat presents. I want the flat presents. I know that's real. <laughs> Whatever. That's oh, my true. gosh. So uh, today, also, mm -hmm. the um, mm -hmm. family of Brianna Taylor 
were, I think, awarded $12 million. Yes. Even though the cops still were not arrested, um, they settled with the family. I don't know if that's justice or not, but that's the update for today. I'm So, essentially, taxpayers are paying for the fuck-up of the police department. We always do. You look at, just pull up what New York people had to pay for all of their uh, police. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. astronomical. Exactly. So, like, astronomical. the Fred Hampton case, they had to pay the family $2 million. Mm-hmm. It, was F- yeah. it was a sa- FBI assassination um, through proxy of uh, the Chicago PD, basically. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, people don't understand, like, defund the police. Like, why is that money not coming out of the police budget? Like, I don't know what the police will learn because they they didn't suffer any consequences on either end, either through paying reparations or through uh, legal action. So how how are they supposed to learn when they're even unwilling to even change or listen? Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Well, guys, well, gang, we had a very lively insta take. We were a minus one person. Uh, Kiki is back in the house in full effect. back together um and uh this episode is called strange case um i think a couple minutes ago we talked uh marcus uh brought up that uh the book dr jekyll and mr hyde the the actual title is the strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde and i didn't see dr jekyll and mr hyde when i first watched it i didn't because i think i was so overwhelmed but i was like oh this is definitely dr jekyll mr hyde (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Isn't it the movie that's playing at the end that we were wondering about? I, I never confirmed. Is that what it is? I didn't confirm what it was. I went on like all the Facebook groups and asked, but nobody answered me. Um, I think it was. Again, okay. I, I'm assuming it was because it kind of looked like that, but I, I kind of did a Google search and I looked at the images. Mm-hmm. It looked like it could have been, but like you, no, no firm confirmation. But I think yeah. it was. I say let's go with it. It makes sense. Hey, I mean, in the lower four, the lower four layer take listeners confirmed with this. I mean, they're the best detectives in the world. Yeah, please do some research, guys. But help us out. Help our eyes out. Help us with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode, we uh, talked about a little bit about the overarching themes um, in our insta take, but we didn't go I kind of like to do a deep dive. Uh, the main one, of course, is metamorphosis, um, and we see a, a lot of metamorphosizing happening in this episode (laughs) it seems like everyone turns into somebody else we get the dr jekyll and mr hyde effect with um yeah uh huh no you're right you get it with ruby you get it with Mm -hmm. christina i would say you even get it with atticus ah like that that, um that anger that brutality that comes out of him like it's so out of character it's not his person but I feel like that is his character. Up on that. That's been picked up on the last few episodes. Yeah. But it, it does that come out in, in those angry, those super angry times. Like the, the, to protect himself or to protect his loved ones or to find out information, Mr. Hyde pops out to protect. Um, Dr. Jekyll pops out to protect Mr. Hyde. Is that right? Am I getting it backwards? It's originally Dr. Jekyll, right? And then Mr. Hyde's the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh. okay. There we go. Yeah. I never saw that original. I just saw the um, Tweety Bird and Sylvester the Cat version. 
was a classic. It's definitely a classic. Um, <laughs> I thought what was interesting, and when you think about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, in this episode, it was like we saw the reverse in um, Montrose because he went from like us seeing him always angry and killing and doing all these things to like being hit himself in kind of a, a free, nice way. Like he was smiling at the end. And so it seemed like to me, he kind of did that reverse. Yeah, I have things to say about Montrose. Okay. okay. Oh, I, I want to, um, I'm sorry, have a quick somewhat retraction okay so last week i was like um michael k williams is bisexual in real life i don't want to put that label on him on him if he doesn't label himself as that i just recall um watching a couple of interviews he had where he talked about uh he had been molested at one point and being kind of confused about his sexuality and being open to it and i was like oh i think yeah he's bisexual but i don't know that he labels himself as such so i'm not going to so i just want to say that <laughs> I see you mean me being PC, even though it's not really PC. I mean, like, it's really just correct, but not label somebody. But I see you. Yeah. I don't really know. He's not really public with it. So just because he said mm -hmm. that, you, I don't want to just say, yeah, he about said you because he might not feel that way. So anyway. Yeah. Well, we support we support you. You're a great actor. We like you. Right. Um, and in the, the show, the kind of one of the running themes of this metamorphosis is talking about locuses. And they talk about in that first scene on the news that these... You know, the cicadas have, you know, come down on Europe and in seven days, they're going to be in full maturity, full sexual maturity. They'll eat up everything. They'll devour everything. Mm -hmm. So that was just something I thought of, like, but that's like a permanent change where the metamorphosis that we see with two of the main characters is not a permanent change. They can't make it permanent. Right. Um, so I think, I think, Marcus, you brought up the uninterrupted theme. Yeah, yeah. But before I get into the uninterrupted theme, in that in the um in that newscast that was playing in the beginning when she was doing come out the when she was I guess transforming back the first time, mm -hmm. you mentioned like they go through five metamorphoses or five changes until they reach adulthood. The locuses in seven seven days seven no 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 uh, five metamorphoses like they okay yeah yeah and if you count from I guess every metamorphosis she makes from that white woman on it's five more in the episode after that. So I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of deep, deepish. If that makes sense. But, yeah, I love it. It was a that was a good tie-in. Yeah. No, they don't fuck around losing. They don't mess around anything on the show. That's beautiful. Nah, but uh, I guess jump into the. I didn't mean to tell anybody else. No, go ahead. Nah, jump into the uh, uninterrupted interrupted thing. Like I just mm -hmm. I wanted to get get you all's opinion on what that means. Like as black women, um, like. Clearly, Ruby feels some type of way about it, and and I guess even me as a black man, I experienced some form of being interrupted. But like, kind of saying, I I define it as like having my existence to be threatened or paused or halted. Well, like I can't be myself unapologetically at every single point of the day, whether that's through like trauma, discrimination. Uh, poverty, um, code switching, uh, the the possibility or, of death and death death truly being the ultimate interruption to your life, and I just I I think about how like we as black people in this country, it's amazing how we've managed to even carve out some form of identity and culture in this country when they try to interrupt us at every single step of the way through 
laws, violence, etc. So yeah, that's just what that's just how I felt about it. But wanted to get you all thought about it. Yeah, I think it's just like you said, an, an inability to be yourself and just live and just live without someone intruding upon whatever that is. Because just like I was saying about the black massacres, those were black people just trying to live mm-hmm. and were interrupted every time by white people coming in, uh, you know, murdering them, taking their land, like in the case of Central Park in New York City, you know, these were black people, a whole black community. Yeah, village, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a whole black community until New York was kind of like, you know what, we want to park, get the fuck out of here. And yeah. just always interrupted. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think it's basically what you were saying. I, I kind of think that's what Ruby, th- that's the interpretation I got from the show as well. So. I, I guess for me, like, I, I like Ruby when she said, most days, you know, I enjoy being a woman and being a, and being black, being a black woman, and I do. But I feel like as a black woman, I get interrupted by everybody. Yeah. I get interrupted by interrupted by white people. Damn, I just did it again. I interrupted you there. Shit. Like uninterrupted. Interrupting black men. <laughs> I just can't, you know, just can't uh chill. It's like you just you just always on a guard. Whether mm-hmm. that's getting in an elevator and if I get a, into an elevator with a white man and it's just me and him, I am on guard from mm. the moment. Um, if I'm sitting down, like how she would sit down on the bench mm-hmm. and it, it could be a simple thing of you. Here's a good, here's a good example of it, of an interruption. When you are just walking down the street, minding your business, and some man decides that he wants to catcall you, mm-hmm. you choose not to respond because, again, you don't want to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. And then they call you out of your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was literally just minding my business. And so I think, like, um, to Ruby's point, her experience of being uh, transformed into... Hillary was like, oh, it was good to not be interrupted today. But mm. I'm like, I, I'm interrupted by everybody every day. So it's kind of like normal. Mm-hmm. Not that it's right, but it's normal. I mean, we learn coping mechanisms and survival skills, and that's how we make it through the day. Um, I thought about it like even when she, when, when Ruby was Hillary, the whitest of white names, Hillary Davenport, um that is a good name though um or or i don't know sarah i don't know i don't know karen um (laughs) like i i thought about like being interrupted like she had to code switch when she was even her like having to adjust your language when you're around you know white people or just how you are i thought the what i i caught myself doing and i would have interrupted her is when she was in the bathtub and it was interesting, we had two bathtub scenes, one with her and one with Letty. But the one with Ruby, when she like goes down in the tub and she gets her hair wet, I was like, no! <laughs> like, that's what, you know, I, because I, that stressed me out that she, you know, was in the tub getting her hair wet. I'm like, I, that's me interrupting her lovely bath. Or if I had a lovely bath, I'd be so concerned about, you know, putting my hair up and not getting, so things like that, like, unintentional interruptions that happen that we're still mindful of that aren't necessarily outside in, but inside out. So, yeah. 
I love it. That's deep. Oh my God. Black people. We just have so many layers. <laughs> and I'm mad at um, white people. Stop making us have to have so many layers. Cause we just want to, can we just not be interrupted and live our fucking lives? Thanks. Right. All right. So we kicked the show out, you know, off, um, <laughs> with our friend Ruby and Ruby wakes up in this beautiful, like round bed and she is a white lady. Yes. You know who she is? You know what yes. white lady is? She's the one yes. with the dog from the village. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this was my first thing after I got finished saying, what the fuck? What, what, what the fuck is happening? I yeah. was like, why did the potion make mm-hmm. her that white lady? The most average looking of white lady. If I'm going to metamorphosize into somebody, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like Christina. I'm going to be the fly white lady. After they made her the averages of white lady. So I was like, I don't know if that lady is like Christina's best friend. No, or you have to morph into somebody who's already dead. Ah. Yeah. That well, lady's dead. He was, they killed her in the second. Letty killed her. So uh, is that why she morphed into her? Because Letty is the one who killed her? No, I'm just saying William is also dead. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's like they can only morph into people who have already passed away. I get that. I just didn't know why it ha- why it was her. That, yeah, her. I yeah. My theory on that is... You know that like the potion is red. I feel like you have to take the blood of somebody that actually exists. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily theorize that she was. I don't necessarily theorize that that lady died, but I do theorize that Christina, before she ended up leaving, took that lady's blood. So I think that's why she turned into her. I thought she died. I think she died. We, I mean, we never confirmed. We never confirmed it. She just hit her in the head and she fell down. We never confirmed. She wasn't in the house, so it didn't, uh, that didn't collapse on her. It didn't burn down. She just hit her in the head and knocked her out. She hit the floor. We never confirmed that the lady died. I'm just deducing that she died because mm-hmm. died. it just seems like that's what's going on right now. Because yeah. we don't know how the rules work. <laughs> yeah. But Mimi, that seems like a good rule. I'm going to go down that path. That's a good rule, I think. <laughs> we had a listener, shout out to Markeisha, who was all, all, also like, does that explain all the other people in the village? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that where they're like harvesting people? Because we were always already like, why are these people walking around like zombies, like not acknowledging anybody? <laughs> they're just yeah. about. And so I was like, I don't know. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, let's... Uh, who knows? Who knows? And has not developed those pictures, which I don't know what kind of film she has in this camera, because mm-hmm. she took pictures of those people, but we have not seen what those pictures look like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Anyway, that's yeah. what it is. We went off on a tangent. But good. <laughs> okay. So we are like- we do know that Letty is the racist sheriff lady with the two dogs that got hit in the head in Artem. Right. Ruby. <laughs> Has become her. Ruby has yeah. become her. Yeah. Or she's the new Hillary. She's the new Hillary Davenport. Yeah. So uh, Ruby wakes up and she's kind of stumbling all over. She runs out into the street and she's, you know, just kind of disheveled. She doesn't know what's going on. And uh, these two police pull up and they're like, oh, your husband has called us. And we, we know that 
he, you're off your meds. So they just like snatch her off the street uh, and put her in the police car. And in, you know, when all this is happening, they like beat up a young black guy who actually was trying to help her. The black people, you know, in the community were trying to help her because she just kind of looked like she had been in distress. Like she just looks like maybe somebody did something to her. So they just take her in the car with, in, with no, you know, no proof of anything. So I'm like, that's ridiculous. You can't just snatch a person up because they're, you know, you're in that time, your women were property of their husband. So if the husband says this is what it is, then the woman, even if you're white, the police can do whatever they want or authority can do whatever they want because you're the property of that person. Yeah. That was just kind of messed up. Um, and they take her back to, uh, <laughs> take her back to William Christina house and she starts to like transform. I have a question before we get into all of this. Mm-hmm. So help me to understand when she woke up, when Ruby woke, wakes up as Hillary, she's in the same round bed that's in William Christina house. Why was she on the South side? Why did the police have to take her back to William Christina house? Like she, why, how did she wake up in a whole different location? Cause she's like, don't take me back. Don't take me back. It's still the same room in the same bed. I think she was just wandering the street. Cause she, she thought she was Ruby. I think she but was you just put, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. So she wandered the street all the way from the north side down to the south side. Like I'm like, are they? Is the house located on the north side? Yes. She says, "Don't take me back there. Don't take me back there." Then she, you, you realize that the neighborhood is changing to nicer, like, uh, um, homes. Right. But I'm saying, like, this do does anybody in any episode specifically say this house is on the north side? I don't know. They say it's on the north side, but it's not in the, it's not on the south side. Right. But I'm just saying it might not be as far as right. It may not be as far as you think. It might be how Mill Road to um it's in Midtown. To 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 uh God damn it. The bluffs. <laughs> it's the name out. Might be, might be how Mill Road to the bluffs. We just don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But it just didn't make sense for her to pop out of an alleyway on a whole different side of town. Like it and his bed is not on his own town. Speaking of that, how did they gentrify the bluffs? That's a whole other discussion. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So they take her back, and then she's starting to transform. And William basically is like, oh, if you just calm down, you know, it won't hurt so much, idiot. Then he puts down a kill cloth, and she's transforming. He kind of stabs her and helps her to, to get out of her body. And he says... Um, he, he whispers to her, like, as he's trying to get her out of the body, uh, he would say that the metamorphosis isn't death. Because she was like, am I dying? Am I dying? Right. So I'm like, who, who would say that? Hiram? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, maybe Hiram. That seems uh, freaky as fuck. If you pay attention, you can see her eye. In- yeah, her eye through the mouth. Like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even pay attention to that. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I didn't see the eye or anything. I just kept seeing, like, her eye color changed from the brown to like the blue, and that was creeping me out. So I didn't. I'm happy I didn't see that eye because I wouldn't probably slept. One time when uh, Hillary I closed my eyes, so I don't know what was happening. That one time when Hillary was screaming, you can see her eye in her mouth, like a person trying to get th- get through. And I was like, yeah. oh god, <laughs> Ugh, gross. Um, so he's trying to help her, you know, get out of of uh, the white lady's body and be back in her own body. Um, so then we cut from there over to Tick and Letty. Um, where uh, Mel, uh, Montrose is sitting in the room and, you know, Tick and Letty walk in and it's in, he's still in 
that mystery room, that's what I noticed. I was like, oh God, you still in the mystery room. You done killed this, this poor woman. And, you know, blood's still on his hands and Tick just goes in and starts beating him up and like welling on. I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. And then two guys come in to help get him off, you know, take him off of him. And um, he's like, I let her, you know, I, uh, I let her go, you know, basically like I let her go and I, I burnt the pages. And they're like, oh no, this is terrible. You know, blah, blah, blah. But he looked like, I was like, this dude about to fucking kill you, dude. Right. And everybody put it together with a lady. Montrose thought he was gonna die. This is this is my Montrose theory. One Montrose equal monster. I'm still not sure where I am with Montrose, but I think Montrose thought he was going to die Mm -hmm. and was sitting there prepared to take whatever punishment Mm -hmm. that Atticus was going to give him. I think once Montrose later, once Montrose realized that he didn't die, that he could actually live. Like, mm. and when we get to the scene later, I was like, oh, I think that's why he can now feel free because he thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. Didn't die. Now I can live. Okay. I like that idea. I, I like that. King. Yeah. Dropping knowledge. Um, I'm going to combine. Theory? I like that theory though. Because I mean, that's a metamorphosis. Like you've gone through what you thought was going to be death and you didn't die. Like that make it makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Um, I'm going to combine the next Tick and Letty scene just because they, they were kind of cut up and they weren't very interesting this um, episode. Uh, the next scene, they are in uh, the garage where George, you know, George's car, Woody is, and Tick is, uh, you know, just kind of down there trying to clean up or whatever. Um, when Letty was trying to calm him down at the house, you know, she had a bat in her hand and he was just so angry. Like, she, and I'm happy she didn't put that bat down because you don't know, she might have had to swing on him like she did on them, them headlights. So she was ready to do what she had to do. Um, and he just asked her, you know, basically like, you know, I don't want you to be, you know, please don't be scared of me. And she was like, do you act like a crazy person? And he was like, uh, you know, he said that he would have killed his dad. You know, he had, he had basically um, imagined and, and uh, when he was a child killing his dad after his dad would beat him, which is, you know, it's fucked up, but I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't fault him if that somebody's beating on you, then yeah, you would fantasize about murdering them. And then if they murder someone else, I'd be like, yeah, it's time for you to go, dude. You've done enough terrible things. Yeah, I think that's pretty common with people who get abused by... Yeah, yeah, by their parent, yeah, or anybody, to be honest. Um, So then, uh, and I put it on there, then Tick and Letty do it in the garage. (laughs) She had on, I was like, I need that. It was so cute. It was cute. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Woody be getting that action. I said, Woody has been through a lot. I love some trunk, um, hood of the car sex. <laughs> How, poor Woody. Like, they need to get, that car needs to be, like, retired at this point. It's done gone through so many things. The it, monsters in the woods, uh, sundowns, <laughs> car chases, white <laughs> Is that Woody? Because we don't know what Hippolyta is. Well, Hippolyta and uh, D is in Woody, right? Yeah, I just yeah. assumed that it was Woody and they were back because, you know, we don't know yeah. how time works. Um, yeah. I just assumed it was Woody <laughs> since they were in George's garage. Yeah. Uh, and then on the instant take when you all were talking about uh, Letty and this being her second time, that was my first thought. I was like, she is quite ambitious for a two-timer. <laughs> <laughs> she hopped on that thing like, what? What? <laughs> Tick must be laying that pipe. Okay, I mean, you go oh. from you go from holding a bat 
to a motherfucker to jumping on his dick. I mean, jumping on that stick, one stick to the other. <laughs> it's Listen. more meets the meets the eye with Mister uh, Atticus over there. I ain't mad at it. Do you? Do you, uh, lady? <laughs> so I, I, will, I will be quiet. I will be quiet. It okay. was just a lot for a second time. You know? It was a lot. It was a lot. She's really been doing some studying. I guess she was like, "Listen, I done died and came back. I'm about to. I'm about to live my best life." <laughs> That's what she was doing. If she's natural, she's natural. She's definitely natural. <laughs> um, so, and then she, again, shout out to their their wardrobe people because they everybody in the show was beautiful. Um, so then the next scene we have uh, Ruby up here in the bed again, playing sleep. She back in the in the beautiful round bed with all these gorgeous colors, uh, very beautiful, rich colors. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say I, I laughed hysterically the second time I saw that because she was laying there and William was like, "Bitch, I know you ain't sleeping." I was like, "That's exactly what my black ass would have been doing." Been like, please, I'm sleep. Don't sleep. <laughs> I'm like, did you could at least turn on the other side? Like, you, we can clearly see, like, we know your eyes moving. You are not sleeping. You a bad sleeper, bad sleeper. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Will, William was like, uh, bitch, I know you. We know you ain't sleeping. Open them eyes. We have to talk. And he, she's laying in the bed, and he's basically telling, talking to her about like, you know, what happened and how uh, he met years ago. He met Hiram, and they created this more metamorphosis spell, uh, but it's not permanent. Uh, he says he also it changes people but of course it's not permanent it's created through uh, magic and that they also created magic doorways uh to understand the universe so again here go Hiram with all these shenanigans um so my question is this so is it because you know i'm still thrown off as to if Hiram was an original member of the sons of adam that means he owned slaves that he was way back way way back now he best friends with William Christina and all the creating doorways and all this stuff. So is it just that we're we hear him so much because he's jumping through time? He's a time traveler. Wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't think oh, he was. An I didn't think he was that old. I don't think he was a slave owner. He was an original. He okay. So in episode what? three, I think they say Hiram was an original member of the Sons of Adam, meaning that he was an original with Titus. With Titus, yeah. That's yeah, so I'm like, how is it that? That's why I don't understand how Christina is buddy-buddy with him and doing all this stuff. If he's an original member, this man would have been, he would have been dead. So that's something I'm like, so is it just that we keep referring to him because he's jumping through time? I don't know, because I, I didn't pick up that he was an original member. I thought he was like... Mm -hmm. a, he a got kicked out. Yeah, I, but I, I don't, thought that was down the line. Yeah. No, because he they he got kicked out because he stole pa the pages hey, out of the book from hey. Titus. No, here here is because you got to go to Wikipedia. What did Wikipedia? Hi Hiram was a follower of Horatio Winthrop. So okay. when we get to that part where Captain Lancaster is ta talking about um, Winthrop. Uh, what does he say? His m museum or whatever. Yeah, Winthrop yeah. was one of the original members, I think. Right. So, are you? But are you re referencing the TV show? Or are you referencing the book? Because no, I'm, I'm referencing the TV show. Okay. In the TV show, when Captain Lancaster is in mm -hmm. the room while Letty is in the closet, Ruby. But go ahead. While, while Ruby's in the closet with yes. the with the undead. Uh huh. Captain 
Lancaster is talking about protecting Winthrop and Horatio, yep. like that Horatio's papers. Right. Hiram was a follower of Horatio. Okay. Yeah. Horatio, Who is Horatio? that was, was the, the Winthrop house. That was his, the Winthrop house is where Hiram was, but that wasn't, he was a follower of the Horatio guy. Horatio. A founding member. I'm going to go back and literally watch every episode then, because that, that's not what they said in, in the show. <laughs> it's not what they said in the show. Yeah, I, because, yeah, yeah. because I remember that they mentioned in whatever episode that the doctor uh-huh. Hiram. was a follower of whoever, because they mentioned the two names back, I don't know, in episode two or three or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, Hiram, so who stole the pages? Horatio. Horatio stole the pages from Titus. Yes. And he was, Horatio was the one that was kicked out of the order. Yes. And then Hiram Epstein went and followed Horatio in his ways instead of the order's ways. I think that's how it went. And he took up in that house. Then yes. he took up in the Winthrop house. Yeah. If I remember, now she looking at yes. Wikipedia. I'm looking going off what I thought but, I remember. Yeah, but you could be a follower of, mm-hmm. of them, but not be like uh, the direct follower because mm-hmm. Horatio and them that was the early 19th century okay Epstein is now early 20th century yeah so some time in between I just think it's like a follower like you might be a follower of Jesus but you know you yeah. weren't Jesus's homeboy you wanted mm-hmm. to decide but you were followers so I think that's how Hiram Different is a follower okay. of Horatio like from that line that branch of yeah Winthrop okay. was like a, a different set that broke off or branched off from yeah. the original people there you go yeah. so it's Horatio so Horatio's last name is Winthrop yes got you okay that makes sense I was like I'm getting really confused because I'm like I don't understand how this Hiram is every fucking where like it doesn't make me sense <laughs> <laughs> okay now we're on track thank you guys Okay, and so now they're all trying to get Horatio's yeah. papers. Papers. If they get his papers, then they have the full book and they can decipher the language of Adam. Yes. Okay. This is where my theory came comes in in this particular scene and this whole line uh-huh. that we're talking about is that I kind of feel like. You know, in, t- traditionally in, in movies with spells and witchcraft, there is a, uh, a side effect to the spell or, or yeah. eventually goes wrong. Um, my, just my theory, I don't know if I'm right. Like I said, William died. The girl, Chris- Christina, worked with her, her magic or whatever to do the metamorphosis with, with him at that point. Um, I kind of feel like William and Christina... Are, are two people sharing the same body? Not so much is Christina becoming William. And I kind of feel like it's, it's a conflict between, like I feel like they're on the same course right now to get something done, but they don't have the same end goal. Like I think Christina was using him to become a man to, you know, infiltrate certain things because she couldn't as a woman. And I think William, uh, is using her to, I don't, for whatever purpose, you know, to maybe uh, 
gain this final power to eventually take over. Like, like if you have a split personality and mm-hmm. eventually they're fighting to see who, who becomes the dominant personality, the one that wins over at the end. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That, yeah, that's my theory about what's going on with them. I think the same mm-hmm. thing will eventually occur with Ruby and Hillary Duff. What, what's her name? And I think that's the side effect of that spell. Because when he was talking to her about the caterpillar and the butterfly, the way he described it to her was so weird to me. You know, normally when people talk about caterpillars and butterflies, they start with the caterpillar. Mm -hmm. He he started with the butterfly and then said um, the the essence of the butterfly is still there. Almost like it's a continuous cycle between these two entities like Mm -hmm. over and over and not that the caterpillar turns into the butterfly and then it eventually dies or whatever it just Mm -hmm. feels like it's a competing thing to me i feel like they're working towards a similar thing right now like they're beneficial beneficial to each other right now but i don't think that the end result between two of them between the both of them are the same because one of them got to win over (laughs) that's just my theory interesting theory so they both can't win they're gonna have to have a showdown yeah like the person one of the one personality or the other has to win over i almost feel like it's a a race and maybe that's why christina is pushing so hard for shit and going so hard for shit right now or maybe that's just because the show is paced really fucking fast but everything seems fast it seems in a hurry it seems like christina is like pushing shit because maybe she feel like she running out of time to do whatever that's just my theory. I could be it sure. is kind of fast, but here's my own. own uh, I'm kind of there with you with the theory. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely have two competing things because William was a part of the order. William uh-huh. had a lodge. Yeah. So um, he clearly was a racist, which is, I was like, well, I don't understand what he wants with Ruby. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get that really but um and christina i don't think christina wants a lodge christina wants the power of the spells because mm-hmm. i think she is over the patriarchy so i think what christina's goal is is to dismantle the patriarchy mm-hmm. where his goal is just to reclaim power probably right yeah so is so we think that william is a descendant of horatio i don't, I don't know I just know he was, uh, he owned the lodge. Uh, he was the next in line. Yeah. I don't know. So he must have been. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that would explain why Chief shot him, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, they're the both using Ruby right now to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Both of them, I don't think they have the same end goal. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> shall see. That's a good tinfoil uh, theory. Right. The show has us making that we don't know what's we don't know what's happening but thank you guys for letting me know i was confused i'm gonna have to go back and watch everything so I'm, I'm like i didn't know what horatio who who was horatio i'm like who, did he knew somebody just came up i'm googling that shit wrong thing <laughs> no you have to really okay so this is what the show does and why you have to watch it a couple times i watch because, every episode like four times no but because it's so visually appealing you yeah. get you're looking at the images Mm-hmm. In certain scenes, you can't look at the images. You have yeah. to listen to what they're saying or just turn mute it and look at the captions. That's because what I had to do for this one. For the, the lodge scene, I had to literally mute it and just read the captions. Yeah. Because I was, I was getting from when, 
even when Christina first introduces herself to Ruby, like mm-hmm. watching them was interesting. And I was like, wait, I'm watching you all, but what are y'all saying? So then I had to be like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause and to me, I realized like Christina handled Ruby just like William does. Mm-hmm. She touches the, touches her the same way, kind of looks like he, she is, she to me, I'd have been like, well, you have a lot of the same mannerisms, William, William Stina. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so now, so that, thank you for confirming all that. So Christine, William confirms that he met Hiram, you know, they, they made this potion together or created this magic, uh, this spell. Um, that also Hiram was wanting uh, to create doorways, which now we know are those portals that we've literally been in one in the elevator to understand the universe. So I think that ties in the Ori, the time travel, the whatever universe that Ori is, because it's not, you know, it's not our galaxy, and then um, creating these doorways. So I was like, oh, okay, thanks a lot for all that. But you need to open your eyes, because we know you're not sleep, girl. Um, and then, so basically he tells her, you know, you can, you, you know, be whoever you want to be, do whatever you want to do. Uh, then he leaves her, um, and then you already mentioned the conversation about the butterfly, and he leaves her a pile of money, like this money clip, and then he leaves her more potion. So it's up to her to decide if she's going to turn, you know, back into Hillary uh, Davenport or if she's going to take the money and live her best life. And we see in the next, as the scene goes on, we see Hillary Davenport bopping down the street in her little cute hat, being the best white lady ever, getting free ice cream. She was just having a great day, you know? Just Wait, living, living it up. Just wasting huh? all that whiteness. 100 percent wasted and then we hear then we hear the um overlay of uh the uh monologue from for color girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough and that was just really it was it was so perfectly done like guys don't turn off the sound at this scene like we want you to listen to it because it's really beautiful mm-hmm. but yeah i thought the same i was like bitch you getting free ice cream again i would go and do a lot of fucked up things and i'll be causing shenanigans straight up <laughs> Straight up Karen. <laughs> on tonight's news, some crazy ass white lady was just running, rolling through downtown, windows, and dresses and shoes. We don't know what the fuck going on. And I would care because guess what? I don't even really exist as a white person. I don't get in trouble. <laughs> Live my best life. Um, so the next scene, we uh, see that Ruby's in the bathtub and she's kind of had her wonderful day and um, she's you know enjoying herself. And William walks in. And William tells her basically, like, you're going to owe me a favor, you know, for the, for the use of the magic. Like, nothing comes for free. So she's like, oh, okay, whatever. And I'm like, bitch, red, what Mimi just say? Like, everything come with a consequence. Red alert, red alert, right? <laughs> but white may not be it. Um, and he asked her, you know, why didn't you take the money? And she was like, I, you know, I didn't need the money. You know, I enjoyed my day you know, using what I had, which was my whiteness. That was my currency. That's the only currency that mattered. And I was like, who wrote that line? Because they did a really good job. That was really, that was deep. That was a bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, then uh, we already ca- talked a little bit about, Kiki brought up her talking about she usually enjoys being a Black woman, um, you know, but people keep interrupting her. And she's like, I'm sick and fucking tired of it, basically. Like, just let me be myself. Uh, then she decides, like, well, what are you going to do with your new whiteness? You know, then we see her go and get a job. You know, she's been wanting to work at Marshall Fields. I don't know what the fuck it is about Marshall Fields. Like, I've only been there once in Chicago, but whatever. She goes to Marshall Fields and she... But it was like um, a status. It was like an accomplishment. It was like, yeah. back in the 
that in Chicago, uh, Marshall Fields, I was, I want to be like, it's like Herod's of London. It was like yeah. that, that kind of a department store. Um, and it sit, it sat like, or maybe it's still, because I think it became a Macy's. Um, but it was, it sat like right in on the Miracle Mile, like uh-huh. in the prominent area of Chicago. Yeah. But well, she Ruby must have Jamaican in her because only a Jamaican would turn to a white lady and immediately want to go get a job. I would like, have to say the same thing. I I'd be like, Don't work. <laughs> I'll be robbing banks. I'll be knocking over liquor stores. Oh. I'll be robbing people. Are you kidding me? Don't get you gonna go to fucking work. I you mean, work you got ten jobs as a black lady. Clearly got Caribbean in her. You know what I'm gonna do now that I'm white? Get a job. What? <laughs> no. I was so confused. Completely not what I would do. You're the worst white lady ever, Rubes. <laughs> I mean, so. I agree with passing, you know. Um, and I think uh, we already referenced imitation of life already in this show. So mm-hmm. I'm not a proponent of passing. But uh, if I were passing as a white woman, uh-huh. I, I kind of am like you. Maybe I wouldn't work at Marshall Field's. But I might enjoy being a lady of leisure. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to rob the bank. I'm <laughs> trying to luxuriate. I'm going to luxuriate in these satin silk sheets. Yeah. I'm going to have all the help. I think that's a good idea. I'm like, live your best life. I'm like, live your best white life. Like, use it. But I definitely going to get a fucking job. <laughs> um, so she becomes a, the assistant manager at... Marsha Fields, assistant manager, Hillary Davenport. And I'm like, oh gosh, that name is still killing me. Uh, So she's excited. And we know that this is something that she's wanted. Um, And after her interview, she kind of goes through the metamorphosis again. uh, And she's left her potion in the manager's office. So we start to see her change and like her body start to, you know, deteriorate. And we watch her try to run out um, into, because she's going to turn back into herself no matter what. And that was kind of gross. I just want to know what happens to all this fallen skin everywhere. Dude, that was my question. I was like, I know that there has to be now a police report somewhere. There's like, there's a lot of dead skin and blood all over the place and faces. Like, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think that leftover potion that she left in the chair is going to come back to play a bigger role? Um, I don't. I think it's uh, probably going to be an afterthought. Okay. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I, more than likely he either gave it back to her or he probably just threw it in the trash because he thought it was uh, perfume. Perfume, yeah. 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 But yeah, I wondered that too. You know, you know, I get, you know, I get really upset like in movies if I see people mess up concrete or break down like brick buildings, I get really upset because I'm like, that took a lot of time for that to get made, guys. And I get, really, like, <laughs> and I get upset like when people like bleed on the carpets and stuff, like I'm like, guys, it takes a lot to get blood out of carpets. You can't do it. So like, ugh, yeah. I had a lot of like, who messed up this um cheese cheese and pepperoni pizza because that's what it looked like to me and all of like leftover pizza. <laughs> it was pizza. This is just a waste of food. There are starving <laughs> children. <laughs> I watched it while I was eating pepperoni pizza. Actually, that is gross. I know. <laughs> I know. Y'all know, I, I, I watch a lot of horror though. So I was like, I can do it. I can do it. But yeah, it was gross. Um, then we uh, get cut to the next scene and it's Montrose. Uh, he goes over to Sammy's house and we see Sammy lives in Cabrini, Cabrini Green um, housing project. That's no longer there anymore. Um, it's now multi-million dollar condo yeah. development. Really? 
If they bring yeah. Candyman into this shit, I'm gonna lose it. Okay. Now <laughs> we already have crossed over all these horror genres. You showed me Cabrini Green. I'm like, oh hell. That's what I immediately thought. I was like, oh shit, we about to somebody about to get killed by Candyman. I know. Immediately. I can't say that too many more times. I don't think it's a miracle. Please, you please more don't. times to say it. <laughs> you know who the new who the new one is? It's uh Dr. Manhattan, our boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a teen, so that, that would be interesting. But yeah, I was like, oh, Cabrini Green. Um, so then he goes, you know, goes to Sammy. Sammy opens up the door, and I'm like, I know where you're about to go. And he and he says, uh, he sees, you know, uh, Montrose's face is busted up, and he was like, oh, who, you know, who beat you up this time? Was it the Ofe's or the niggas? And I was like, I still Google Ofe again, and there's no, there's no origin. Like when you Google it, even in Webster, they don't have an origin. It just says derogatory term for a white person. So I don't know where this came from. It said African when I read it somewhere. Huh? It said African uh, when I, where I read it somewhere. Oh, I, I was sure looking for it because I had never I had never heard that term until this show. Um, so hey, who beat you up this time? Uh-huh. What what has Montrose been doing out in these streets or not? Being doing? drunk. I Being mean, drunk. Look, look at Montrose. I'm sure Montrose getting into a fight at least every weekend. <laughs> Just be an asshole. Just yeah. be an asshole. Yeah. He's a mean drunk. So he, more, he drinks all the time. So he probably just walk around getting drunk, yelling at people. Like, everybody ain't tick. Like, they gonna beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, so then we see that Montrose and Sammy are really together. That confirms. Uh, so, of course, they, you know, Montrose uh, has sex with Sammy. and Aggressively. Very, quite aggressively. Quite aggressively um, <laughs> over... The spit thing, you're right. That was truly disgusting. Like that was like a loogie or something. Like it was truly Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. That spit, they that good loogie. I was like, this has got to be painful. And spit is not adequate lubricant. It is <laughs> not. At all. That's why I was At like, all. I need them to quit telling these spit lies because they got this <laughs> lie here going in, you know, just like, let me, I'm a, like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> guys, guys and gals out there, we're going to give you a PSA. Um, you need, pro- you need a proper preparation for receiving, uh, enemas can be used. Other things can be used. Um, the, the skin on the inside of your bum is the same skin that's on the inside of your, of your mouth. So if you continue, if you put spit, if you use spit as a lube, um, it's not going to work because it's just going to, it's just going to uh, uh, kind of take it in. So it's not going to be adequate. You need a water-based lubricant or an oil-based lubricant. If you use a oil-based lubricant, that can break down a condom. So mm-hmm. you may want to grab a good water-based lubricant and then you go from there. And then a lot of times you want to prep for that. You know, maybe we work up to it. Get you That's the thing. The, the prep is where I was like, "What? Woo. It's a lot. It's a lot." But you know what? But Montrose could have called Sammy though. Huh? Montrose could have called. I, I thought I was like, maybe Montrose called Sammy pre and then told him. He was like, "Oh, you coming over? I got you." And he went to do what he had to do. And he was ready. Or he just didn't care because that he all just right. didn't care. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's that he just didn't care. It was his violent nature. But Sammy must be accustomed to it. Well, Sam probably is very accustomed to it. It's something. Maybe it's it's what he likes. Sammy, I just uh, Sammy is a, is a whole other story because I I would be interested in being like Sammy. Why do you continue to take this from this guy? What's what's your background? Like what's your yeah. because yeah, 
it's obviously been one-sided. I think, but I think that Sammy, maybe he does love, I think that they do have love, but maybe it's just not something that, that we translate. Um, I think that maybe Sammy is one of those people that always wants to save people. You know, he wants, he looks like he's saving, he's saving or helping. Um, oh, he's, oh, he's Jada. That's what he is. Oh, like, that's, it's an entanglement. It's that's, entanglement. What she, that's what it's she's entanglement. They got entangled. <laughs> yes. That's again, not love. So, so it's so Sammy. Uh, so then, Montrose won't kiss Sammy even after he fucked him, and uh, then he. I mean, I'm like, so you won't kiss him, but you'll suck his dick. I'm. I need to. I need to work some things out here. It, the, the math didn't add up for myself. Um, and then you but have some people who feel like kissing is more intimate. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. I just. I feel like that. But to me, yeah, a lot of people do. I will not say I'm. I'm one of those people. Um, if you're gonna put somebody's private parts uh, and special parts in your mouth, I'm thinking if you're not gonna kiss them, then maybe you shouldn't put their parts in your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but my thing with that is they, they seem to have been together a while. Like, I get, yeah. I get not kissing people because, you know, it's intimate. But that, that relationship seemed to have been going on for quite a while. To the I, point, I, like, y'all still yeah. not kissing? Not, yeah. not even in private? Okay. I, I think it's since pride. for a long, however long Tick was off at war. Uh, I, I don't know how long the Korean War was, but however long Tick was off at war, that's how long their relationship was the relationship's been going on in my head. Right. So I'm just yeah. like, so y'all ain't kissed and, and been fucking around for months, years, maybe? Y'all still? It, that was, I was just like, wow. That's what I'm like. Yeah, that's different. It's different if you are a gay or lesbian or queer person who is basically denying that part of you. Right. So you, you wouldn't want to be, you wouldn't want to open up the intimacy. You would want it just to be kind of primal and we're going to get off real quick and then keep it moving because you, you don't want to acknowledge that part of, of who you are. Tit, um, Montrose lacks vulnerability and in mm -hmm. order to kiss someone, whether you, your eyes are open or closed, you are face to face. The person is yeah. going to see you and yeah. Montrose is not ready to be fully seen. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't think he's not necessarily like denying it because you, he, you haven't heard him deny anything, you know, but nobody's, he, but nobody's confronting him about it. Nobody's right. confronting him about it. Well, the friends did. Sammy's friends did, which is why I think I don't even they think confronted Montrose. Yeah, I don't even think it clicked to Montrose that it was an issue until mm -hmm. they were getting ready for the ballroom, and mm -hmm. Sammy's friends brought it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that's. I don't think that he had to confirm anything with that. You were literally in a in the room with nothing but drag queens and gay men. So it's kind of like there's yeah, no he wasn't hiding it. In. You don't have to hide anything there. No, he just looked like he looked like a ghost in the room. You know, he just looked like he wasn't really there. Yeah, he just looked like he liked he like he could have been a piece of furniture. He was so um, and, and that was actually really good acting because I'm like even though he was the deadest thing in that room, my eyes still you know went to him and wondered about him. Yeah, so it's good. I really, he's a really he. I I I get more appreciation for um. What's his name? Michael K. Hey, Michael K. Williams. Okay, so I feel like he gets typecast so often, but um, but I'm really starting to appreciate uh, his his chops. So we get Hillary Davenport in her first day of work at Marshall Fields as assistant manager, her good white self. Um, and Ruby finds out. You know she uh goes over to Tamra and she's kind of talking to her and. 
she was asking for Tamara, like, you know, what, you know, when you graduate, you took all these classes. Tamara's like, bitch, I got a seventh grade education. I take these classes like you, dumb dumb. And she is clearly upset um, that, she, you know, because Ruby has done all of these things to try to make herself seem like a better candidate for this job uh, that now Tamara got on a whim. And she, Tamara, uh, you know, tells her, no, that she didn't. So she kind of like berates her. Um, and then I just said that she starts to treat her like white people would, um, you know, kind of looking at her. And I said, do white people know what ashy is? Because then she was like, put this lotion on your hands look ashy. And I was like, <laughs> do white people say ashy? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so even with that scene, can I say something? Because with that yeah. scene, I was like, okay, so Ruby has, you know, grand mm-hmm. ideas of meritocracy and yeah. she definitely follows respectability politics. Like that's kind of her lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, why is this scene between these two black women Mm-hmm. like bothering me and I was mm-hmm. like I think because I have a little classism elitism in me because I kind of have that when I see like reality tv because like mm-hmm. Nene I, I I I'm like how how Nene making it because and I mean she is the fine personality but I'm also like like how I is she making like, money like making money or, or, or getting accolades what happened between uh, Tasha and Ruby or Hillary was Damn. like happened between Star Jones and Nene when they were on The Apprentice. Sorry, guys. Okay, I didn't see The Apprentice, okay. but it was a very similar thing. Of I think Star being like, you know, I'm an attorney and I have credentials and I mm-hmm. have worked this my career by presenting mm-hmm. being a black woman in a certain way. And then they lump me with you. Like, here you go. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're you on a reality show pulling yeah. wigs and doing whatever. Yeah. And it's not the representation that I want. And I think it was triggering me because I was like, there's some parts of me that also feel that way. Um, at times, or I don't feel that way now, but I have felt that way in the past. I, okay, I get you. I feel you. I feel you. Um then so they we see kind of uh hillary go through her day at the store she's talking to the white ladies and you know kind of you know falling in with them and gossiping about tamra and they you know say something and uh kind of take her back out of her white self and back into her black self you know we didn't we didn't call we didn't call her the other word you know not saying that she's a nigger or whatever so she's kind of snaps back in so she does keep as a white woman, she does get interrupted by these other white women. So I'm like, you're not being able to live your best white self because you still have to adjust to their, to, to them, not having them adjust to you, which is kind of strange. Um, then when the, the day ends, then William Stina is out there um, looking real cute at the car. And he basically is like, um, it's time to call in a favor. So he gives her, y'all, why did he, why did he say like, I have something for you? And he gives her the box and it's like this huge, beautiful box. And then I've had like, a maid or a waitress outfit in it. Why did he do that? Because William is a racist. <laughs> the so real William was just, racist. It, it was just prop, props for the show. Because I was like, okay, I, I was really excited. I thought it was going to be a, a, a ball gown. Like, I, I knew it was going to be that maid uniform because I had seen all the trailers. I was like, oh, that's that maid uniform. <laughs> oh, I just thought that was fucked up. I was like, you don't have to act like that, dude. That's not cool. Racist. Uh, so the favor is called in and this is why I was like, y'all please pay attention to this Lodge episode or the Lodge scene. 
um, Ruby has been asked to be a waitress at this lodge party. Um, and we know that Lieutenant um, Lancaster, or Captain Lancaster is trying to, you know, uh, a part of the lodge. So Ruby's working the party. Uh, he makes, we already said that makes, he makes, ref or people in the party start making reference to Horatio's stolen pages. So thank you guys for helping me understand who the fuck Horatio was. Um, then somebody in the party said, you know, says, uh, you know, why did, why did Mr. Lowe defect? And I'm like, so who do we think that is? Is that William? No. So first when, when Ruby is, um, being an, an, an attendant at the yeah. party, mm -hmm. um, I don't think Lancaster is fully a member because in order to be a member of the Sons yeah. of Adam, you have to, in it like blood or, um, mm -hmm. Like it's passed down, and I don't think he had that, but because of I guess his relationship with Hiram, mm -hmm. he wants to be a member and he wants to lead. It seems like they broke off. Like now we have another sect of this cult, and that's what I was trying to understand when they were talking. And Lancaster wants to be a member because mm -hmm. he said. He needs to get the stolen. He says, I'm going to have to find the stolen pages and I need to get that gold ring. Yes. In order for them to let him in mm. and accept him. Okay. So who do we, th then uh, the side conversation was asking why, why Mr. Lowe effect defected? Who is Mr. Lowe? Is that somebody else I, I, I forgot? So you were trying to, no. that was William? We just haven't been introduced to him. I think he has know something about the Ori or something, something else was stolen. Okay. Or you're you're thinking is William Lowe? That's what I was thinking. I just said is is he uh, William? We don't and, know. And maybe they, you know, when he shot William, then it, maybe he told people that he just went away. Yeah. He, we already know he's terrible. He's dreadful and terrible. Um. So then Christina comes in and gives Ruby uh a, like a stone, but it has that sim the same symbol we've been seeing on it, and she's like, you need to hide this in the captain's office. So Ruby goes in and like hides it in the top drawer, which I think is still a terrible hiding place. Um, and then uh, she has to go into the closet because uh, the captain's coming with two other men. So she jumps in the closet and with the, the somebody that we find out is a zombie because he referred to him as a dead, that he's dead. Um, and then we see the captain take his shirt off. He has a black, a black man's chest and like the white arms and a head. So I was like, I don't know what's happening here um, and what's going on. And he's got to talk to these other guys. Somebody said, I think in the group that he, maybe his body parts came from Hiram's experiments on black people. Maybe they, maybe he Frankenstein them together or Frankenstein monster them together. Yeah. All these, all these experiments seem to have gone terribly wrong. Yeah. My thing is, how can you be racist? You got a whole ass black chest. Because <laughs> what Christina told Ruby, mm -hmm. you want to be us and we want to be you. Be. Yep. I think it goes back to what Christina said. Man, yeah. y'all want to be us. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. So, they want to be us to teach school. They want to be us to teach, to teach at George Washington University. Yeah, they want to <laughs> be us minus the oppression. Minus, yeah, minus the oppression. Minus what they do to us, they want to be yeah. us. They want to be us. So we find out that uh, Christina says that, um, I think we, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but that William was shot in the back by Lancaster and left for dead. And Christina basically nursed him back to health. So 
you know, this, you know, they're saying like, Ruby, we need you to do this for us. This man is a bad man. Like take this, you know, rock or whatever. So she puts it in the top drawer. We kind of went around in circles. I know on the group what that symbol was. Some people said protection and some people said a barrier. I thought it matched a little bit with the barrier on the doors that, that, um, in the house. So, but I don't know. Uh, then we then we confirmed that William is the rightful leader of the lodge, and I'm, I'm like uh, Mimi. I think that William's last name is Low, so that maybe that's we figure out who he is. Um, then we cut to Tick and Letty in the basement, and they're developing the film. Letty took pictures of each of the pages um, that Montrose. I guess he burned them or did something to them, so he destroyed them. Uh, and Tick is having this dream, and he was in the house at Artem. And Hannah, his ancestor, was running out, like leading him out. And she mouthed something to him. She has the book in her hand as well. But he starts to catch on fire and then he wakes up. Did y'all read her lips? I did try very, very hard. I rewind it like five times trying yeah, to read I don't like called Titus. She, uh, she says Titus. And then I don't know what the rest of I it is. I watched it five times. I'm like, what? I gave up. Okay. We don't know what she said. I gave up. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to lose my eyesight trying to fucking read lips. Um, so then he's talking to Letty and then he tells him like in the, in the ring, inside the ring, the inscriptions he uh, was able to figure out were his initials, his, his mother's, his maternal last name is Samson. So he was like, it's not Freeman, but an S for, um, for, for her name. Uh, then poor Letty's like, you know what, maybe it was Beth that Yashima, you know, that Montrose let Yashima run down the street. You know, we would have kept her like Titus did. It was terrible. Uh, he's like, bitch. Oh, are you slow today? <laughs> yes, <laughs> <On this> day. <laughs> poor Letty. So he tell he break Letty's fucking heart because she was she was destroyed. He was like, uh, my dad killed her. He didn't let her run down the street and be free. He murdered. He murdered death. Killed her. She's dead. She just got <laughs> a snowitis. Yeah, snowitis. She's so she's so special. And I'm then like, she kind of fuck the brains out. <laughs> it happens. It does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag it happens. Um, so then poor lady, she's just kind of distraught. And she's like, all of this is evil. This is of the devil. And uh, he was like, no, I agree, no. I agree too. I agree too. Um, and he was like, no, we're going to use it for good. They made references to the devil so many times. Um, in my mind, and I was like, is William Satan? Like, that's, I was like, William might be Satan, guys. I don't know. They just kept making, it was a lot of references to the devil and like to Satan as a being. So I was like, who knows? Um, so we cut back to Ruby at the lodge. So she, they're coming into the room. She jumps in the closet uh, with the zombie guy. And of course, we already said that Lancaster and the two guys are having the conversation. He has a black chest. He says, um, he asked one of them, have you handled in uh, paying off the sheriff in the county in Kentucky? Um, so that they, you know, he's like, they need to make sure uh, that our best interests are kept at heart and that they protect the Winthrop Observatory against potential vandals. So we don't know what the Winthrop Observatory is, but they need to protect it. And he needs to get his hands on Horatio's pages so that he can get into the lodge. And he needs to get his hands on one of those gold rings, which we know are the sons of Adam uh, rings that the men wear that belong to the lodge. Um, when she, when Ruby's in the closet, she's trying not to vomit because the man is clearly a zombie. He's like spitting up blood and he's cut up all over his body. Uh, and then they say, they say the man's name, uh, Zinoni. Um, they say that he's stolen some money, but they're trying to find where the money is. So they basically have put him in this closet. So I don't know. 
hopefully they'll find it and hopefully that he she'll go back and kill him at the end so that he doesn't just be a zombie i don't know um then the next scene we have hillary going back to the store um and she's talking to tamra and she you know it's just going off and berating tamra um and basically she's she's have she's being interrupted and she's having the trauma from being locked in that closet with that dead guy and she's like you know you got to watch out for white people and you got to be better because that, that white people do some fucked up shit and you know they're like calm down Hillary Davenport, like, bring it down a notch. Right. Uh, so to deflect, she's like, oh, well, you know, Tamara was just telling she's going to take us all to the South Side, you know, to the to the Black people neighborhood, basically, to have a fun, to have a fun night out. Um, and I was like, ugh. I was like, I am? <laughs> that was just gross. I just felt gross. I, that's when I just felt terrible. I was like, I felt like, when we talk about be, like safe spaces and being interrupted, I'm like, that's not their space. They make, they make a black space unsafe by bringing white people into it. And I, I, I'm very cognizant of that. I, that's, that made me stress out. So um, but that scene with Tamara and Letty, like it reminded me of uh, the place we formerly worked um, in a sense and how our relationships are with, uh, how black women and white women relationships are just contentious and I feel like we take the brunt of some stuff that we don't even we yeah. don't even know and then it's like we end up being your cover up your alibi for some stuff you either did wrong said wrong now we gotta clean it up Tamara cleaning up stuff she don't even know what's going on poor Tamara she was drinking so much I was like Tamara take one more shot boo cause this is some <laughs> fucked up shit um, so Tamara does take them, um, to the bar. Um, so they're having, you know, drinking and dancing and, um, uh, you can kind of see Ruby is just over it. So, uh, they start dancing and Ruby goes outside to the alleyway. Before you, and I, I don't mean to jump in there. Like this, that, like I said, that whole entire scene in the, in the club or whatever, like it bothered me. It just yeah. reminded me like. White people love like fetishizing black people, black culture, but it, well, but can't seem to recognize our humanity within that shit. Like we're not just here for your fucking entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. and you, and it's like even constant today, like in sports and the NBA and NFL, like, like they tell you to shut up and dribble or like shut up and drive. Like I paid my money, I don't need to see politics or protests. But I'm like, you just they love to perpetuate that thing. Like I paid my money. So I have some sense of ownership over you. That's what they're really trying to like instill. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, not shout out, but uh, speaking of the Kansas City fans, who how you gonna boo a moment of silence for unity? I said they are booing unity. Not even a Black Lives Matter moment. <laughs> nothing like a moment of unity. Boo! Like, oh, really? Okay. What would what what would have made? And I'm not I'm not trying to stop anybody from getting their bag. But what would have been the play was for the, for the black a- athletes and any of the other guys to walk the fuck off the field. I've been like, fuck you. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, you know what? Because and, and and somebody had to. I was I was just upset. I would I don't a I don't watch sports. But I I watched what happened on CNN, and it just pissed me off. And that's why I'm like, I don't understand why the fuck they still play for these pieces of shit people. But then my friend was like, Melanie, who you think at a game during a global pandemic? Of course they fucking Trump supporters. Them the only ones out having rallies inside at the game and doing stupid shit. I was like, the correlation matches. But still, the the play at that moment would have been to walk the fuck off and be like, you know what, Kansas? We're not going to play for you all because you're pieces of shit. Right. Yeah. 
but the thing about it, like Trump supporters say they won't, they don't support the NFL and they don't support the NBA because of the protests. So they say they're not watching. They're not going to the they watching. Of that's course, what, that's what they're doing, the booing. Of course. Like, just because you pay money doesn't mean you get to disrespect or disregard somebody's fucking humanity. But it, it does. It, but that's exactly what it means because that's exactly what they did. Because they did it doesn't mean it's right, though. But no, it also reminded me of, um, like, uh, Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus and Kylie Jenner. Like, they love to dabble in black culture, black music, and, like, just take, take, take from the culture. But when something goes wrong or they do something, uh, like, flagrantly foul, they go back to their white brethren like nothing happened. I, I, I'll stop. I'll say fuck this Kimberly. Bring it down, blacks. Bring it down, blacks. <laughs> <laughs> So in this, uh, at the end of this scene, um, so Ruby runs outside and she decides not to change, uh, not to take the potion to, you know, to stop her change into herself. And she sees out the corner of her eye um, as she's kind of molting away. uh, Her boss has Tamara kind of pinned up against the wall trying to sexually assault her and Tamara like hits him and she runs away. And he calls her like a, a nigga bitch or a black bitch or some foolishness, a nigga bitch. And then like Ruby's face, I was like, okay, she just got uninterrupted. She about to, I like, she looked at him like, oh, we about, we, me and you about to have some a situation going on. I feel like that's the moment that she decided to stop being interrupted. Um, then we cut to one of my, fa- this may be one of my most favorite scenes. Like it has to be in the top five of anything I've ever seen. Um, Sammy is getting ready for the, for, they're going to have a ball in Chicago and for people that don't know what the what balls are, they are um, spaces that were traditionally black gay men uh, to come together in a safe space and dress up. It could be, uh, they have different competitions. They belong to different group houses, um, different groups um, that they felt comfortable with. A lot of times black men, uh, if they were gay, would get, you know, ostracized by their families or get kicked out and they would be taken in by, uh, by other gay men um, in the community. So, uh, if you've ever wanted to know about ballroom scene, please watch uh, Paris is Burning. Um, they used to have it on, on Netflix, but it may be on something else now. Uh, there, There's a show on Vice, and there's also a show on HBO Max uh, now that's uh, about the ball scene. So, like, now the ballroom scene is everything and becoming much much more mainstream thanks to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Did you watch uh, Pose? Huh? Watch I don't. I don't think the acting is good. I can't handle it. Sorry. <laughs> The acting is not great, but yeah. it's good. But it's pretty, they still have some pretty good episodes, so yeah, yeah. Overall, it's not. I say everybody watch Pose. Give give them the views. Everything. It just wasn't. I couldn't hand. I couldn't handle it. Um, but definitely watch it and support it if, uh, to learn much more about the scene. Um, so they're they're going to this beautiful ball in Chicago, and uh, and Sammy's getting ready. And again, shout out to Monet Exchange and Shangela from RuPaul's Drag Race. Those are two of my favorite drag queens. Um, ever and um, Montrose is just standing in the room they're all getting ready and talking and flirting and just being just being in their space being safe being happy and he's just standing there like a, a piece of furniture he's so he's so disconnected from everything that's going on he looks so sad his eye all busted up um, you know uh, it just was the getting ready scene was just so much to handle and you see Sammy kind of making reference to his dance that he's going to do that night is uh, the dance of the cicada. So, you know, still bringing back in that locust talk from the first scene. 
um, and he's excited and he goes, he still doesn't, you know, kiss, uh, Montrose still doesn't kiss them when they're getting ready. Um, and, and his friends are calling that out as well. Okay. So they get to the ballroom. Yeah. Now, I also wanted to highlight in Sammy's monologue, he also shouted out one of my favorite, one of my favorite jazz singers, Sarah Bond. He called her Sassy Sarah Bond, which is, which, which is her nickname. But if you don't know, she is one of the best, amazing jazz singers of all time. Probably the best, in my opinion. Like, everybody knows about, um, like, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and Louis Armstrong and Frank Sinatra and everybody else. But up there, in, in a, like I said, in my opinion, at the top of that list is Sarah Bond. And like, if I could, any recommendation, I would say go listen to her, um, go listen to her renditions of uh, Misty. Misty by, what's his name? Um, um, Errol, Errol Gardner. Errol Gardner's Misty, performed by Sarah Bond. Aw, look, look, look at the young boy with some old yeah. soul. Look at him. Yeah, so I'm, so proud, of you. I'm yeah. so proud of you. He's a music major. He's a music major. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, he's a musician. Aww. I didn't know that. Yeah, look shout out. See, look, black people just doing great things, being being musical and all. Just that's awesome. I love us. <laughs> um. So then uh, we get to the ballroom scene, and guys, Sammy is super excited to be second place. I was like, really great. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I like. I have you got second place too. I he was just excited. His man was there. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. He had the second place on. I said, "Dude, you are way. You are way, way taking the second place on." But I, I love it. If you lo love it, I. If you like it, I love it. So I just want to sit down and have a nice conversation with Sammy and be like, "Sammy, I need you to dream more for yourself in both your <laughs> and this ballroom shit because I need you to dream of something higher." Okay. Yeah. Sammy be better. <laughs> be, be best. I mean, but Sammy owns a bar. He owns a bar. He has his own place. Like I mean second place in the ball. Like I don't I, I don't want to speak about the culture. I'm not hundred percent sure about the culture, but I think it's not necessarily about winning, just being able to be yourself in a space. Yeah. yeah. Ballroom I mean, is about being the best. Yeah, they do want to win, but yeah, I mean it's all it's all of that. Yeah. But yeah, poor Sammy. I, I, I wish that he was much more of a, a main character. I feel like he's so interesting. Um, I would like to see more about more of Sammy. So they're in the ballroom and he's dancing and Montrose uh, kind of just opens up. He, he decides to stop being interrupted as well. And um, I love the shirt he's wearing. I love how they did the red light and the queens kind of pick him up and they uh, crowd surf him and all this glitter stuff falls on him and he just starts to open up. You see him for the first time. Then he kisses Sammy on the, on the lips and dancing with the Queens. It was just a really beautiful scene. Um, yeah. It was one of my top, it might, it, now one of my top favorite scenes, period. Not just I, said, I want to be lifted up with some confetti falling on me. I said, Ooh, you, I want they just needed to drop some Donald Summers right then. <laughs> oh, that'd have been good. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. That would have been nice. Um, so he's finally becoming becoming himself and waking up and not and not allowing himself to be interrupted by other people anymore. Um, then we cut to uh, Ruby uh, in the next scene is at home and um, she uh, is kind of molted again. How many times this lady is molting all over the place? Who knows? Um, okay, the fourth time. The fourth time. Okay, fourth time that she's molted over. Um, and uh, Christina walks in and she's like, what's in that basement? That's the only door that's locked in this whole house. And of course, they're not going to tell her dumb dumb. Um, and then 
Christina walks over. Uh, she tells, you know, the only thing that you white women are disillusioned by are yourselves. Like basically, you know, it's just, it's all about you. You, you are the disillusioned. And then Christina was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, okay. So Christina's sitting there and she, uh, they're kind of having this conversation. Ruby tells her to shut the fuck up. And, you know, she agrees that white women are only disillusioned by themselves. Um, and she was like, but yeah, you, you, you as a black woman want to be a white woman. And I'm as a white woman really want to be a man. Like, you know, it's, we always trying to chase after being something other than what we are and something that has more power. And she tells her, you know, William gave you uh, the opportunity, you know, to do anything, not just be white. Um, you, you do whatever you want with it. She was like, that's, that's the currency of magic, that magic, unmitigated freedom. So basically like we've given you magic. You can, you, you want to go to the store and be a, a, a an assistant manager. You can do whatever fuck you want to do. Like that's what I said I would do in the first place. I'd be robbing banks left and right. Uh, so, you know, she's telling her like, you do whatever the fuck you want to do with this, make, do whatever. That's what magic gives us. That's the currency. Um, so then Ruby is like, oh, okay then bitch, got, got you, I feel you, I feel you. As her like person suit is sitting next to her of uh, Hillary. Um, in the next scene, I just titled it, uh, Ruby fucks the system, literally. Uh, Ruby decides to, you know, turn into her, our good girl, Hillary, and she goes into the manager's office or her boss's office and, um, you know, basically, you know, kind of does this dominant submissive thing. So it's kind of this power exchange and she's turning him on and taking his pants down and like choking him with his own belt. And she puts him on the floor on his stomach and shoves the heel of her stiletto, uh, up his bum without any lube, not even spit. So Nothing. That that. Nothing. Nothing. While Cardi B playing, while Cardi B was, they play Cardi B twice in this yes. two Cardi songs. Two Cardi songs. Shout out to Cardi B. Um, so yeah, yeah that was, it was a lot. Well, one of one of my friends or whatever, she was kind of like she doesn't know if she can take this uh, show because of that. That was kind of rough. It reminded me. I don't know if you ever saw this movie with Rosario Dawson called Descent. Um. It's it's it reminded me of where you think you want revenge for a long time, and then when you get it, it's really uncomfortable. Um, spoiler alert: in this movie, it's it's a really unnerving movie. Anyway, she gets raped, and she plans out this revenge for the rest of the movie, and she gets this crazy, like brolic, big, robust dude uh, to rape the guy who raped her, and it was real brutal. And it's kind of like, you think you want revenge the whole time. And then when you finally get it like that, it just, it makes you feel gross and icky. Like you don't feel that good about it. Anyway, I, I know a lot of people didn't feel that great about the this, this scene, but I was kind of like, well, I felt great. I felt great about it. <laughs> I, 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 like, I understand two wrongs don't make a right, but like, I don't know why people feel so much sympathy for this man when he was really about, to, one scene earlier about right. to rape a woman. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it just reminded me of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because uh, that, that is a part of the movie and that was part of her revenge. Um, mm -hmm. I was listening to uh, Lovecraft Radio and Ashley and Shannon were talking and they said it just took them such a long time in the writer's room to write this because they people kept bringing up like they have to you have to have more of a reason for a, a man to be raped. And then she basically brought up like, no, you don't. We have images of women being raped all the time with absolutely no reason behind it so no we don't know the fuck we don't like he gonna get raped because he, he he met he he was literally like you just said he was literally gonna rape a woman a scene before like period 
So uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, they just hearing that conversations in the writer room. So they yeah. So they were saying, how, how much bad does he have to do to make people feel okay with him getting sodomized? Right. Basically. Wow. Yeah. And and all yeah. it takes for us to get sodomized is to have on a skirt too short. Then it's True. like, oh, it's your fault. Why were you wearing that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So uh, she leaves the stiletto in his in his bum. And she starts to turn. She doesn't take her uh, potion. So she starts to molt and turn into herself. And she turns him over. She's like, I wanted to see you see. I wanted you to see who did this, you know, to you, basically. What did she what did she say? At the end, the nigga bitch. I was like, that was a badass scene. That that that's great. All I, I know is about it. the definition of red bottoms changed for me when she when she did that. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus bloody shoes. It was just <laughs> I don't want to see anybody rape men. I don't know male. I don't know. It is a trigger, no matter who it is or how it's done. Whether I, I, it's just hard for me to see those kind of things. Period. Yeah, it was it was a rough scene, but Cardi B made it a little bit easier. And I don't mean to be this graphic, but I'm kind of like a stiletto isn't. Yes, a stiletto without. Lou being shot up the ass real hard is painful. Yes, that that is not even remotely close to like broomsticks that people have been sodomized with, and what yeah. way larger, rougher, with more girth <laughs> objects. So I'm kind of like that was bad, but you know there are histories full of stories of men sodomizing women and other men with like. Mm-hmm. broomsticks and much yeah. heavier thicker weightier things so um, yeah yeah that's fucked up yeah i'm clenching my ass right as we talk <laughs> I, oh, all right I'm like, nothing is even happening and i'm like i am guarded and it hurts i don't know <laughs> guard that bum um so uh, after ruby does that uh, she goes back home and uh, she's sitting down on the couch and um, Christina comes in. I'm sorry, William comes in. And again, she asks you like, what's in that, what's behind that door that you guys keep lock, uh, locking. And then she, uh, William starts to turn into Christina. And she's, she was like, so shocked. I'm like, bitch, it's been happening to you for like four days. Like I'm confused. Why, why are you so shocked? So she then finds out that William and Christina are the same person. So I was like, guys, this is what's going to happen. If you take a magic potion, more than likely other people are going to be taking magic potions. Get with it. Um, so uh, so now she kind of is, is seeing the bigger picture. And now that it it's way, she's gotten herself way into, into way more than what she probably originally thought. Um, and she's going to have to start using that currency of magic. So then I just put on there, who reads a Bible in the bathtub? So Letty is like in the bathtub reading a Bible. And I was like, that's so bizarre. Like you shouldn't, that's weird. Um, and then she kind of talks to Tick. Maybe said all evil. I need all everything around me because this is some evil devil shit. I mean, I got some, some things going on. Mel, if you get, died and was brought back to life and you've been <laughs> on the Goonies adventure and you see uh-huh. an intersex woman come to light, wouldn't you be? I'd be reading the Bible at all times bathtub, toilet, drinking water. <laughs> it's going to start. She don't have a Bible app. She just got the real Bible. <laughs> and I'm keeping a Bible with me. My like girl Letty said, the Bible, gonna, his word going to be with me at all times. Yes. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so they're kind of having a little moment, uh, she and Tick, and, you know, uh, Tick, you know, tells her about that he had, he was, you know, in love once he thought, and it was a girl in Korea, and he says her name, uh, Marcus, is it Jia? Jia? Yeah. Jia? Okay. Um, but it ended strange. It, she said it, it, he said it just ended in a strange way. She was like, oh, okay. All right, then. Um, and he was like, but what you and I have is real and this is strong. She was like, dude, you was about to leave me and go back to Florida like yesterday. Right. Like, like <laughs> legit. You, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, bitch, you better call him out. Hit him with that Bible. Like, where about? No. With this Bible, I'd have been like, rewind. What you mean? It ended strange. <laughs> Me too. I'd be like, <laughs> what does that mean? Question and a follow-up question. My follow-up question. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Since I have died and come back, like I just don't let things go easily. So tell me about this strange <laughs> ending, because I need to know. <laughs> Lydia is not ready for these follow-up questions. And what not. I don't know right now, ignorance is bliss. I'm gonna read this word. I'm gonna say a prayer. We'll get to that when I'm stronger. I'm not strong right now. I can't handle. She had her candles lit and everything. I was like, do it. I with this foolishness. Misha Green loves uh, filming her in tubs with her lovers because you didn't watch Underground, but it's exactly a scene from Underground that she oh, nice. her virginity to uh, Noah in, in a bath scene like that. They had been through a lot of trauma and she's taking a bath and he walks in. and So, yeah, that's, I, I, think, I think that's something Misha Green likes. Okay. Like in her bio, she might be like, I love taking baths. I love my lover coming in. And I just put it in movies and films every time I get to <laughs> I love reading the Bible and having sex in tubs. <laughs> you gotta make sure we clean from the inside and out. <laughs> we get dirty. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh gosh! Um, so they're you know talking to the bathroom or whatever, and Tick uh at Tick it cuts to just Tick by himself and he's working out you know the symbols and trying to figure out what this language is and trying to break the code and uh he immediately jumps up and then he goes and ca calls the same number he calls korea and he says you know what are you how did you know and i'm like that damn lady told you already on the first phone call he she told you not to go back home i remember that but you did anyway <laughs> then in his little book he, he deciphered die so and that's kind of how we leave it so he's on the phone with this lady again she done told her dumb ass not to go over there and we don't know you know what what she is because he doesn't know what she is mm, that damn number was like 20 digits long oh, how the fuck you remember that those guys are the free again the freemans are very smart men i was like they are because you calling mars what the fuck is you calling with all these numbers yeah. i don't even know my husband's number by heart i said Hi, i barely <laughs> know mine sometimes i have to go in my phone and find I'm, my own contact to say what my number is i'm gonna need and you to learn that. i'm gonna need you to learn his number <laughs> I just be getting all the numbers up. I was like, oh Lord, if I ever get arrested, I'm gonna have to call somebody else. I don't they're gonna have to call them. I don't know. That's all the number you need to know. <laughs> please learn somebody's number. Please at least learn your husband's number, please. That's <laughs> Jesus' number. So that ends our episode five. This is a very strange case that it was. Um <laughs> yeah. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the devil, the references to the devil, Letty reading the Bible in the bathtub. And uh, white Ruby getting a job, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but again, 
Ruby, you're not doing using your whiteness, no. <laughs> eating ice cream and sitting on benches and getting jobs. You got to go out and rob some banks. You got to go. I mean, even in her whiteness, she being res- respectable and responsible. Get the fuck mm-hmm. over it, Ruby. Get it's over the it. end. I think she made it for it at the end. <laughs> like you kill a man, you sodomize. Well, not kill him, but you sodomize a man. I think you kind of made up for it. So yeah, this woman must have been dreaming about working at Marshall Fields for years because. Yeah. I was like, that's her, I mean, years. She did all this preparation to go sell some shoes. Yeah. Oh, God. It was crazy. The, thing, the lesson she learned from that is that I don't care how many accomplishments you get, you still are a nigga to them. <laughs> like, Tim Rans ain't even finished seventh grade. And then she was like, well, hopefully they'll be, they'll hire a Negro more qualified than her. And it was like, well, how could she be more qualified? She's a nigga. It was like, wow. So you mean to tell me, me with my 6,000 degrees and Accounting classes at night. I'm still in the yes, yeah. You're still in. I mean, we had a whole black president who went to Harvard Law and everything, and he was still a nigga. So yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, guys, is that everything that we have for this crazy episode? All these shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah, they were some shenanigans, all right. Yeah. Because we're about to go on an entirely different ride now. Like, we're going to a new location. We're about to be introduced to another character. Uh, yeah. I think we're yeah, huh? yeah, we'll flashback. We're about to flashback, aren't we? Yeah. 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 I think this is where the alien kind of part of that genre comes into play. That's just my prediction. Yeah. And Hippolyta and that, indeed, they just still on the road because you said that wasn't Woody. <laughs> So they still somewhere <laughs> trying to figure some stuff out. They're riding around. They're going through rubble at the end of fucking Ardo. That's what they doing. <laughs> oh, D. I just feel D, D going through it, man. <laughs> her dad and her mama losing her damn mind. <laughs> right. That's what happens, though. Yeah. That's what happens sometimes, so. Yeah. Well, good luck, D, on the road. Get out of that sundown town, buddy. <laughs> right. Sorry, kid. Sorry, kid. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Four Layer Takes and wrapping up episode five of Lovecraft Country. Um, please remember to, uh, if you go to iTunes, if you listen to us on iTunes, to give us a five star review. Please leave feedback. Um, please uh, go to our Facebook, we have Twitter and Instagram. Um, ask us questions, leave feedback there. Uh, please make sure you register to vote if you're in, in Georgia. Um, please make sure you go ahead and do that if you have not already registered to vote. Um, and we thank you guys for being a part of this show. So last thing I want to say, happy birthday to Eric Gardner. He would have been 50 years old today. Uh, Happy birthday. It's a lot happening today. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot going on guys. Y'all stay safe out there. Don't get any into strange cases and don't take any magic potions. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Deuces.